Win one for the Gipper. Has there ever been a better known and more widely uttered rallying cry in sports? Not likely. Indeed, the expression found its way into the American lexicon long ago, at first as an exhortation, and later, usually in jest, and totally unrelated to sports. No less a figure than Ronald Reagan was prone to use the phrase when he was president, four decades after he had spoken it during a memorable movie portrayal. Among other times, Reagan employed the phrase during a commencement address at Notre Dame in 1981, to the delight of the school's graduating class, most of whom, no doubt, were well aware of its origins. Yet, unlike other well-known phrases associated with famous athletes, such as, Say it ain't so, Joe, the lament of a young boy to the great baseball player Shoeless Joe Jackson after he had been implicated in the infamous Black Sox baseball scandal in 1919, the origin of the win-one-for-the-gipper phrase is as shrouded in mystery as the mystical figure to whom it refers. Just who was the Gipper, this seemingly mythical athlete whose name has aroused, in turn, awe, wonderment, curiosity, and amusement since the early part of the 20th century, and whose death while still a student plunged the Notre Dame campus, the city of South Bend, Indiana, and indeed much of the country into collective grief. And how, in such a short period of time, during one of the most colorful eras in American history, could have George Gipps' exploits as a football player equaled or even overshadowed those of such football immortals as Jim Thorpe and Red Grange, and elevated him into a pantheon of his own, just before, during, and immediately after World War I, when most college players played all 60 minutes of every game? Even more than eight decades after his death, Gipp is regarded by football historians as probably Notre Dame's best all-around football player. A dazzling runner who averaged eight yards each time he carried the ball as a senior, a Notre Dame record that still stands today, the best college passer of his era, who completed more than 50% of his passes at a time when a football was blunt-shaped, more rounded, and more difficult to throw than the sleek, much narrower ball that became popular in the 1950s a punter who boomed most of his kicks more than 50 yards and once drop-kicked a 62-yard field goal, and a defensive back who never, in four seasons, allowed a pass to be completed in his area. That he did so at a time when there was not yet a National Football League and when college football was becoming one of the most popular sports in the country after baseball, boxing, and horse racing made Gip one of the most famous athletes in the country. His ascendance to fame came at a time when the so-called golden age of sports was emerging with such legendary athletes as Jack Dempsey, Gene Tunney, Babe Ruth, Bill Tilden, Red Grange, Bobby Jones, and Ty Cobb. And while America was rejoicing in the aftermath of World War I in what became known as the Jazz Age, an appropriate era for the fast-living lover of the nights, George Gipp. The handsome and intelligent, albeit somewhat undisciplined, Gip, Notre Dame's first, first-team All-American, also established a reputation in South Bend, Chicago, 
and a number of other Midwestern cities as one of the best high-stakes billiards players and a skilled poker player at a time when prohibition already had taken hold in Indiana. In April of 1918, before it became the law of the land in 1920. Not that it would have much, if any, effect on the ingenious Gip. Though pursued by women who were attracted to him as much by his good looks as his celebrity as an athlete, Gip seemed to disdain such attention, until he met a stunning young woman who became the love of his life in what turned out to be a bittersweet romance.